podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system, DLS. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush, in association with Betfred Nat Coombs, producer all in the house. Hey, 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 hey. Now remember, all first things first, composure, grace, understated behavior when we get into the Acker of the week dropping for four weeks in a row now four weeks in a row it it's actually incredible what we've managed to achieve so far <laughs> with the edge rush uh, i'm surprised that hasn't made like national newspapers it hasn't uh, I no, it hasn't devastated to hear that well uh, straight after this i'm getting our pr guys pr guys on it i'm getting emails <laughs> fired out i'm getting direct message tweets sent to national uh, news reporters <laughs> to get this sorted out but hey look it's it's you know selective uh selective positioning really on the pod that we concentrate on all the bets that we win and those that we don't win we just we just skate over pretty quickly but fair but fair is fair that after yeah. the week is rolling is rolling right now no it is rolling but we do have to um address the major topic is actually this one has been making the national mm. newspapers mm. everyone's talking about it serious controversy in the world of the nfl mm. why is a jet sweep counted as a pass now Oh my God. So you messaged me about this the other day and I spent a long time. It's, it's like the old, uh, the old conundrum. If you eat yourself, do you become twice as big or do you disappear? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just couldn't, I can't work it out. I can't, I, I, I would love one of our listeners to explain it to us. Cause the thing is, if I put that question to Iron Mike, for example, will get a 74 minute answer <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be way over my head within the first 14 seconds. Right. So yeah. we need, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 and I wonder if it's something that will be, will be addressed because it's, it's, it's obviously for, for gambling, but also, uh, does it have any impact on fantasy? I suppose it doesn't really, does it? Because no, it doesn't necessarily have, well, it does, I guess it benefits if you've got that quarterback because he gets a passing touchdown. But my mm. issue with it, the reason we're talking right. about this is because, I would have gone three and zero on my prop bets last week if Alvin Kamara's had got over fifty nine and a half rushing yards. He had a fifty four yards on the ground, but had a twenty yard jet sweep for a touchdown, which I assumed would count as a run, but it counted as a pass. But my major issue with this now is if a jet sweep counts as a completion and a pass for the quarterback in the NFL, I could probably enter the NFL and have like fifty yards. <laughs> which team would which team would take you as an undrafted free agent uh, maybe the lion maybe the lions might pick you up the lions might pick me up i mean i still think everyone is i've had again going and more controversy i had mm. several texts on tuesday morning one mm. from yourself because i was claiming that there's no way the bengals are going to score more than three <laughs> points yes well ryan finley as much as i understood he ran for a big score he only threw like 80 yards passing. So I still do not believe that Ryan Finley <laughs> is in any way the sufficient replacement to Joe Burrow. So I, I would, I think as long as I can just do jet sweeps every play, I could be caught back mm. for the Bengals. 
I, a fair point, but did you just say immediately preceding that that you don't think Ryan Finley's a sufficient replacement for Joe Burrow? <laughs> is, yeah. that your, is that your hot take? <laughs> That's your hot take of the season. But I love it. So, but we were, I woke up uh, Tuesday morning and everyone's talking to me like the Bengals put up this incredible offensive display. No, we didn't. It was just an absolute deterioration from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And we just took advantage of it. I mean, it was brilliant to watch. I found it incredibly entertaining. But mm-hmm. yeah, when I was claiming that it was one of the big, biggest mismatches of the NFL season, this offensive line going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. And we ran for more yards in that game than we did in the past four combined, I think. Amazing. Yeah, I did for, uh, yeah I'm, I'm going to be, I'm just basically very defensive about it. It was apparently, a game. apparently so. Well, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that isn't one of the games that we uh, have on our <laughs> slate this week. We do have three once again. Our Acre of the Week propo is back with his prop bets as well. It's worth pointing out we're recording this. Where are we now? Wednesday morning, right? Uh, so uh, that's early doors for for all of this, and in particular for for prop bets. So do bear that in mind. But we're going to give it our best shot uh, for you once again. Incidentally, on the Acre of the Week, a lot of our listeners, by a lot, I mean a few, have <laughs> fired in on social media a request for us to put the Acre of the Week out. Uh, as an Instagram story, we put it out as a video, of course, and our, our social channels at the NC Show. Uh, our partners, Betfred, do that as well, uh, of course. So you can uh, follow either or there. But uh, as just to think in terms of text copy, so we should probably let uh, the boys on social know that we wanted to just put out what our three picks are as well. So note that down. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the feedback on the show. Full stop. Glad you are enjoying it. Let's get down to business then. All right, where should we start? Should we start uh, Kansas City, Atlanta? Why not? Yeah, let's start with Kansas City versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Chiefs, 10.5 point favourites in this game, and the over-under is at 53.5. On paper, this looks like to be one of potentially the biggest mismatches of the season, especially in terms of the Kansas City possessing what I think most would agree is the best passing game in the league. against the 31st ranked passing defense in the league in the Atlanta Falcons. And considering the KC can basically seal the first round by in the playoffs with a win here, people are expecting Mahomes to turn it on and this Kansas City team to romp to victory. And this is why this line has actually moved from minus nine and a half to minus ten and a half in the recent in recent days is purely based off that fact. And also we watched the Falcons capitulate. Once again, they are also since the start of the 2017 season, 0-7 against the spread and 1-6 straight up in road games against AFC teams. So a lot of people going against Atlanta Falcons here. Weirdly though, Chiefs covered for the first time in six games against the Saints last week. So you would potentially say that they're not the best team to take with the points, but still the money is coming in on Kansas City. Okay, a lot of great points there. I, I, I think capitulation is the, if there is one word you can apply to the Atlanta Falcons uh, for this season, really for the last couple of years, it is that. It's one word, capitulators. Uh, but let's focus on the positives for a, a moment, right? They were 24-7 up. In fact, they shut out a, a, a Tampa Bay offense, which I know is Jekyll and Hyde. But nevertheless, they played well on both sides of the ball against Tampa Bay for, for a lot of the game. Now, they couldn't close it out. More usual Atlanta shenanigans but this was an offensive rebound really re-up for for Matt Ryan who the defense has been playing well it was offensively in recent weeks that hadn't been right and they look good for uh, for big chunks of that game the flip side of that is I think the Chiefs and we talked about this with Greg Brady on our pod on Monday didn't we the Chiefs I think were better than the three-point win suggested right I think that was they were like 10 up with not a huge amount of time to go so I think there is 
uh, a lot to be said for the Chiefs perhaps playing at a higher level than sometimes the scoreline suggests and sometimes the narrative suggests. Again, a topic that we've got into in recent weeks because they're such a freewheeling, expansive, exciting offense. If it isn't a 78-yarder to Tyreek Hill, then, oh, well, I'm not quite sure you know, whether this is the Chiefs we know and love. And I think that that is deceptive. They rank second in points per game. Uh, the Chiefs Atlanta are up to 25.4 a game. So I think this is a comfortable Kansas City win. But what I like on this moral is the over. And I know mm-hmm. it's quite a high line, but I think we know, uh, you know, number one uh, hot take narrative of, of the last year, you can run on the Chiefs. But I, I think that sets up well for, for Atlanta here. I think they'll be able to get some kind of ground game going. I think that'll benefit Matt Ryan. You've got Ridley, Julio, if he's fit, balling. I think engage as well. I think they'll be able to land some blows on this Kansas City side. Now, I'm not sure about, and I'm keen on your perspective on the double-digit dog play mm. here for, for Atlanta because that seems a little bit tempting. But what I'm much stronger on is the over. I like that play a lot, Nat, I have to say. The over is 5-0 and in the last five meetings between these two teams. And I think that when it comes to the point spread, it's quite a difficult one because I think for Kansas City, it's basically just going to be focused on getting out, as they have done for the past couple of weeks, which we've discussed, is they've never looked like they're going to lose these games, which they only win by three points. But the one right. thing is, is they, only, they usually let in a backdoor cover. And I think that's my fear here. I think that Kansas City simply just want to win this game, get out, get that first round by, move on. I don't think they have any interest in putting up or making this a double-digit win. I think it's going to be just another performance from Kansas City of just pure efficiency. But the one thing that we both know these teams do is offense. With Matt Ryan and the way he's playing with Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, and then you've got Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins has been balling the past couple of weeks. McCall Hardman's been playing well. Travis Kelsey. I think we're going to have an absolute Christmas cracker this, this one, Matt. I think it's yeah, just love it. points, points, points. Love it. We feel strong about that one. Okay, so the over is where we're going there. Uh, which game are we heading to next? Uh, Philadelphia-Dallas, Nat, mm. is the one we're heading to next. The mm. spread is currently at Philadelphia minus one and a half favourites and the over-under is at 48 and a half. Two teams that some would argue are hard to pick due to the fact that the Eagles are five and nine against the spread. The Cowboys are four and ten against the spread and not looking good. Philadelphia is that they have failed to cover the spread in each of their last five road games. Where are you leaning in this one? Well, I'd, I'd love to throw a stat back at you because we know that you are you always come present and correct with your stats, right? As we've established for, for weeks and weeks now. Propo, as soon as we finish recording and as soon as the pod is uploaded, uh, we, he is just straight back, head down in the books. He's got, you know, six or seven different uh, computer screens rolling, spitting out data old school <laughs> on, on printers. Um, just boxes and boxes of data that Ollie goes through. So <laughs> I feel like I need to step up and keep up a bit. Uh, so you'll like this one. Um, Dallas 4-2 and two against the spread in their last six games. And they started the season 0-8 and eight against spread. So uh, trending in the right direction there, the Dallas Cowboys. But they are two or five against the spread in home games this year. Ah, uh, okay. Like, like home and away means anything this year. <laughs> I like this stat tennis. Uh, Cow- I like this okay, I'm going to give another one. I'm going to go straight up. I'm going to reserve. Go Cowboys it. are just one and four against the spread when an underdog by at least two points. All right, give me one of those stats which talks about uh, games played 11 years ago. Those are my, <laughs> those uh, are my favorite. Those are my favorite. I ones. actually don't did seven have in the one. last 27 years. Okay. <laughs> um, look. Jalen Hurts, understandable why everybody 
is excited about him. I am. And you made the point, I think, last week that we were talking about uh, that game. And you said it's particularly interesting because it's going to be Murray against Hertz, right? And hey, you were spot on with that soothsayer propos. It was one of the games of the weekend, right? Even though it didn't necessarily appear it would be on paper. So they've made Philly, he has made Philly, I should say, interesting again. Obviously, as, as a dual threat quarterback, that makes, uh, I think, any... Uh, you know, any game where you've got a capable dual threat quarterback in the mix, that extra bit exciting because there's just so much, so many more options for what might happen on any given play. But it's more than that. He showed against Arizona that he's got an arm, 338 yards, three touchdowns, no picks crucially as well, which I thought was key and is a little bit overlooked there. He obviously can run and mix things up that way. Uh, and he's going up against a Dallas defense that is ranked dead last in mm. the NFL in passing touchdowns, right? So that bodes well. However, early doors here, I think, a little bit on Jalen Hurts. Let's not – Carson Wentz is dead and buried now. See you later, Carson. Thanks for the memories. It, and, I, and I get why Philly fans want Jalen Hurts going forwards for all of the reasons I've just said. He's exciting. And the franchise looks at him as box office. I get that. But he's played a couple of games in the NFL. We don't know – what we're really getting here. So, you know, buy a beware a little bit. That is an advantage, I guess, for Philly in the sense that there isn't a huge amount of tape on him. Um, this is a Dallas defense that is getting better, right? Uh, and Van Der Esch got banged up in the last game. We thought initially that was going to be a, a horror injury. It turns out not to be, but he might be doubtful here. But it is a defense that is getting better as the season goes on. And offensively, this is a, a very different proposition to what we saw in, in week nine. But that was Ben Danucci. What's mm. happened to Ben DiNucci? Nobody's seen him since. I'm a bit yeah. worried. Jerry's... Anyway, no, I better not go there. Um, it, so Ben DiNucci was playing, and it was a really banged up offensive line, if you remember, right? There was no Zach Martin. They, were, they had, didn't have a chance in hell, right? So this is going to be, with Dalton, and with these weapons around Dalton, a very different proposition. It's an Eagles secondary as well that's banged up. So I think Dallas are going to land some blows. And I think the Zeke factor is fascinating as well. If Zeke is fit, is he going to be right? I am playing for my gig here. I, you know, yeah. will Pollard, you know, will they split split carries? I don't know. But I look around this Dallas offense, improved line, better defense, which obviously impacts the offense as well. A Dalton immeasurably better than a rookie quarterback in his first game behind a porous offensive line. They are, it's understandable why they are, are, are in much better shape than the last two time these two played. And I think they'll land points. But I think with Hurts, so will they. So you probably guess where I'm going here, leaning again towards the over in this game. Uh, I actually really like the over in this game as well. I think mm. the only reason the line is where it is is purely based off the statistics of the Eagles having Wentz under centre when they basically couldn't score mm. any points or put up any points. And the Dallas right. Cowboys when they couldn't, they weren't rolling as well as they are. Now, I, I like, it sounds like you're leaning towards Dallas as well. I am, yeah. I, and that, we were talking about this on WhatsApp, weren't we? And we kind of yeah. disagreed. We said we're going to do this game and you like Philly, I like Dallas. I mean, it's no surprise the line is where it is, right? Because it is yeah. ostensibly a pick'em. Yeah. But, but I... But I do have, I think I have faith in, to summarize, I guess, the Dallas Cowboys offense being able to land blows against a banged up secondary. I think Dalton will be able to carve up here. And I think, I think, uh, you know, Gallup, I know Amari Cooper's been anonymous, but I think they have, he will have a solid game in the air, particularly because I think the ground game can be established as well. And I'm just not convinced that it will be, um, replicated to the same degree by this Eagles offense. Now, like I said, the over is the player I like more, but, yeah. I, but I like Dallas it, uh, in a pick -em, I'm leaning, I'm shading Dallas for that reason. I think that their defense is playing a lot better than it has done. And I think offensively, 
it, particularly with the secondary right now being banged up for Philly, I think that they've got an edge. I think Darius Slay might be back though for the Eagles, which would make a big... Yeah, okay. Yeah, that would make a... So keep an eye on that one. He That's is questionable. Huge. That is huge. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. questionable at this point, but I think Darius Slay's absence played a big, uh, played a big role in their deterioration on passing defense against the Cardinals. I understand the Dallas play now. It's safer. So, Ollie, I, I heard that I heard you were getting I heard you were getting called up for the for, for for the game to play the secondary. That's why I've kind of led towards Dallas there. No, well, they heard. I think they only wanted me if you could come with because they heard about how ah. we planned to cover DK Metcalf last week. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Like, enough, that sounds like enough. an exact kind of thing that we need to stop DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah, right. The problem is, is you just cost too much. That's the problem. Well, look, I said to them I'd negotiate some kind of back-ended deal. You know, I'd, I'd be happy to sign a one-year Cam-style deal <laughs> on the basis there would be a, a firm offer on the table when I demonstrated what a shut-down quarter that I am. But, but you know, they didn't want to listen. Yeah, these, for, some reason these didn't. for some reason, they didn't want to pay it. For some reason. Unbelievable. No, I understand the Dallas play. It's Andy Dalton with sensational pieces around him. I think it is the safer play. But to be honest, I've watched both the Saints game and the Cardinals game almost in its entirety because that's how much I enjoyed watching Jalen Hurts mm. move the ball for the Eagles. And he's made this team entertaining again and I am willing to really buy into it. The team has a running game again and I think that's massive, giving Miles Sanders the opportunity to work off the play-action game and he mm. has improved massively in terms of what he's been able to do since Jalen Hurts has been under centre because that's also because Jalen Hurts is incredibly elusive with his legs as well. So I think that they should have some fun on offense, as you have rightly pointed out. He's making Ashton Jeffrey relevant again. Where's he yeah. been? Dallas Goddard looks like he's delighted to have Hurts playing. And I honestly think that the only reason that Dallas managed to beat the 49ers last week is because of Nick Mullins. I, I think that Dallas, yeah. they were able to put up that amount of points because they were taking over the ball in... 49ers territory about I think they did it three times during the game I mean Nick Mullins threw four interceptions yeah I think that gave them the opportunity to pop a lot more points than they would have if they'd been pushed back to their own 20 yard line or 30 yard line and Andy Dalton was going to be responsible for building longer drives so I think the problem is that Dallas are coming off back-to-back wins the Eagles are coming off back-to-back much improved performances so I think both teams are actually probably rated a little bit higher than they should rate them at yeah, uh, I'm just leaning. I'm just willing to buy all into Jalen Hurts now. I'm going to buy into the hype, and I think that as much as I completely agree with you on the overplay, I think that's the one which we can cement. Mm. I am just willing to ride Jalen Hurts to the moon right now. <laughs> another one, another slogan for our ever expanding merch. Merch fan. Maybe Alshon Jeffrey's been with Ben Denucci. That's where that's where he's been over over the last yeah. few weeks. That that would explain quite a lot. Look, good argument. I like it. I like the fact we agree to disagree on this so we're definitely locked in on the over for sure but hey let's roll with me going Dallas you going Philly uh, and, and we'll have fun with that maybe there sh- maybe we should have a wager on this maybe there needs to be a, a kind of forfeit how do you feel about that a kind of a, a extra bit of jeopardy on this game okay yeah fine well what's it going to be that's that's the big question what is the forfeit going to be mm, well winner, winner decides I think okay fine winner decides yeah All okay right, fine I'm, I'm fine I'll with look, that. I look forward to that alright game at number three it is Sunday night football. It is yeah. one of the best passing teams in the NFL against one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. It is Green Bay against the Tennessee Titans. The Packers 
Three points favourites in this one. The over-under line is at 56 and a half. They are expecting points galore in Vegas, but that is not surprising. 11 out of 14 of the Titans games have gone over the point total. They, as a defence, are giving up 25.8 points per game and have recorded a league-low 14 sacks. Mm. That is absolutely terrifying when you're going up against an Aaron Rodgers who has thrown 40 touchdowns against four interceptions. Am I right in saying that? This might change after the Carolina game, but this definitely was correct prior to the Panthers game. Aaron Rodgers has thrown more touchdowns than the Packers have punted the ball. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I certainly has. He's only been sacked 18 times as well. Uh, Deshaun Watson gets sacked that many times in two games. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, look, uh, let's, let's look at that first of all, because for me, that is one of the fundamental matchups here, because there are lots of reasons why Green Bay are as explosive or certainly as effective, maybe it's a better a better definition uh, in terms of the passing game. And Rodgers is, is, is the primary reason why, but it helps that he's got such a good offensive line there that is protecting him so well. And this is not a good Tennessee defense, certainly in terms of getting to the quarterback, certainly in terms of sacking the quarterback. They are bottom of the NFL of oh, 14 sacks is all they've managed to master. They're giving up almost 26 points a game as well. We've talked about this on the pod for many a week and not just that reaction to that crazy first half against the Cleveland Browns, right? This is a defense that is surprisingly erratic given it's a Mike Vrabel team. And even though there aren't and haven't really been that many superstars in this team uh, over the years since Vrabel's taken over, you could count on them being ruthlessly efficient throughout the D. And they are not that at the moment. They at times are playing well, but at times are horrendously bad. And they are missing, quite clearly, any kind of effective edge no pun intended up front, right? So that is going to be key. Can you, can they somehow manage to uh, apply a bit more pressure there? It's no surprise their past is ranked in the bottom five in the NFL. Those two things are obviously connected. So that doesn't bode well for Tennessee. The flip side of this, of course, is that offensively, as you pointed out, they're absolutely balling. But it isn't as simple as, well, if Derrick Henry plays well, then they've got a fighting chance. But obviously, if Henry is, they are able to establish him against uh, the Packers, that opens up the play action and that opens up a passing game that's getting stronger and stronger and stronger throughout the season, just as it looked last year. And that was the key to, to their success last year. Much more balanced offensively than you might suggest or one might suggest and thinks it's all about Henry. He runs for 200 yards a game, three touchdowns. No, of course, he's fundamental to that success. But Tannehill is as organized and composed as you can get in the NFL. And he's got some big weapons around him with AJ Brown and, and with Corey Davis. So how does Henry stack up against this run D? Well, it's a good Packers run D. They've allowed just 204 rushing yards uh, on 54 carries in their three wins in December. That's under four yards an attempt. Now, very different proposition against Derrick Henry. Is that likely to change? Yes, quite possibly. But this all trends very nicely to me towards the Packers. Yeah, and I think if you're going to back Titans here, you are a brave man. Are you ready for one of those statistics that takes you back through time, Nat? Love it. Let's go. Since the start of the 2009 season, Rodgers yeah. is 20-2 straight up in December in games played at Lambeau Field, and he's 17-5 and five against the spread. Wow, which means he's lost twice in that period of time. So it can happen. <laughs> That's how ridiculous those, those historians <laughs> No, it can happen. 20 and 2 is crazy, though, in December. That is cra it is that, crazy. That is ridiculous. The man is clearly loves the cold weather. 
and that makes it an intriguing proposition going into Sunday night football. Do you know what's even more intriguing that? Money's Tell been me. coming in on Tennessee. This line opened up at three and a half and has now moved down to three. Interesting. Look, I, I, I really like the Titans. You know I do. I think they are, uh, as we chatted about on the pod a few weeks back with OC, he was saying, look, I think they are the team that are most likely to be able to go toe-to-toe with, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I kind of I, I buy into that a lot. I, I, I've gone on record for a long time, even when they weren't winning that many games. Huge fan of Rabel, huge fan of this organization. Love Tannehill. I think he's really underrated. All round, I like this team. So Titans fans out there, don't get me wrong when I say he's on paper leaning towards the Packers because and that's the kicker here, right? For all of those reasons I gave, you think, mm, okay, they're shaving it. But if, if Henry goes off, if they suddenly rack up, you know, three scores in the first 20 minutes of this game uh, and blaze into like a 21-7 lead or something, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this Titans team goes off and and puts Rodgers in a bit of a hole. I've got one for you, because I know how much you love the uh, percentage, percentage win chances. Where do you think uh, ESPN rank the Titans, or rather what percentage... Uh, chance they give the Titans to, to win this game? Um, I'm going to go with, if I just work out, there's a calculator in my head somewhere. Mm. Three point underdogs, 37%. Wow, that is bang on the money up. 374 <laughs> <laughs> No way, really? <laughs> Amazing work. I love the point four as well. Uh, oh, so, I can't believe I missed out on the point four. That's poor for me. I'll, I'll work I mean, on that. Do we, how do we feel about how do we feel about the over? Because I mean, Tennessee scored forty or more points four times this season. So maybe, maybe it will be one of those games. Even though the line is dangerously high, I wonder if it if it does go off. <clears throat> um, I've got to confess to something here now. We're recording on the Wednesday mm. when I saw this game mm. was the Sunday night football. As soon as the line opened, it actually opened at fifty four and a half. Wow! And you, you you got in? Yeah, I got in. I fifty. I knew it was just going to keep going up. There's no reason why these two teams shouldn't put up at least 25 points each. And I think that will trend in the closer direction of the 30s. I think both offences will be rolling. But I think you make the great point. I think this game is going to be won on the... is basically going to be won on who takes the lead first. I don't yeah. think Tennessee will be able to cut, to make a comeback against Green Bay, I think. But if they can put up the points early, if they can establish the run and chew the clock, then I don't think the Packers will be able to have simply the time of possession to come back. So I think this is basically won or lost in the first quarter of this game. It's a great point you make. The Titans are not a team that is built to come back from too far behind. The Packers, on the other hand, are, but on the basis that they can get on the field to do it. So that is a fascinating matchup, right? I, um, okay, I, I, don't, I don't feel strongly about either play here. I fact that it's the festive season. And the reason I think the line is going up, the over... Uh, under the totals line is going up and up and up is because it was always happened Sunday night football over Christmas, right? <laughs> Everybody piles in on the Yeah, over. that is true. That is true. So that's an interesting one to look at going into Sunday is that because it's Christmas weekend, because everyone's at home, everyone's going to be watching football, then there's going to be a lot more money coming in or a lot more bets coming in than you'd usually see, which means that mm. for sharps like yourself, Nat, Thanks, bud. There should be more value. I mean, uh, naturally, I think there's. I think the line in Dallas will probably just move in purely based on the fact that people see the Dallas Cowboys and think, oh yeah, they're probably yeah, absolutely right. I and mean, there's something. Hey, look, we can get into that in the off season. We'll, uh, I'm sure, talk more about theory. We're going to have to because there won't be any games on. But you know, talk more theory and uh, and uh, angles. You know, like that. Dallas are absolutely that team that the public just oh, piling on that. Yeah, the Cowboys, they always score a lot of points. <laughs> As I've said, I really like the over in that game. All right. So, uh, are we, any strong ones of this? Oh, 
Are you gonna, are you uh, well, I'm happy with I'm happy with taking the over 54 and a half, 56 and a half. I'd probably still be tempted by it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I still think initially I was um, liking Tennessee at, at plus three and a half, just purely based on the fact that I think they're one of the best football teams in the NFL, and I think being three point underdogs is very tempting. But at mm-hmm. the same time, when you break it down, it's just going to be a case of whether they can stop Aaron Rodgers in the secondary, and I don't think they're going to be able to. So I think mm-hmm. I'd probably stay away from the point spread in this one, just purely based off that fact. Okay, fair. I like it. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and especially for NFL fans with a feast of games over Christmas. Betfred will have a feast of offers available on the biggest games, including San Francisco, Arizona on Boxing Day. Head to the Betfred app or betfred.com to check them out. Offers made available on selected games at Betfred's discretion. Limited times only. Stakes may vary. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. Right, time for your prop bets of the week, Propo. Uh, two this week. Which way yes. are we looking Two this week. I have one for you on Saturday and one for you on Sunday. We are going to start with the Saturday games. I'm going for two touchdowns, anytime touchdown score bets this week after my success with Mark Andrews. That one was a little bit nervy only because it seemed that everyone else on the Ravens team had already scored a touchdown before Andrews. <laughs> and that, yeah. was, that was making me a little bit nervous, but he got there in the end. So that was a good win. I am starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Detroit Lions and I expect Mike Evans to score a touchdown. The Detroit Lions are one of the weakest passing defences in the league. I mean, let's be honest, they're one of the weakest defences in the league overall. And as we said, I think the Bucs are starting to get this offence rolling and I think Mike Evans is going to really take advantage of that. He had 100 plus yards last week, but the one thing he has been missing over the last two weeks is a touchdown and I think he will be looking to rectify that against a weak Detroit Lions passing defense in the red zone. He's already scored 11 touchdowns this year. Can you believe it? That is an incredible record for Mike Evans. So Mm. he is an established target for Brady when he's down the field and I expect him to take advantage of this matchup. Love that. I'll add your second one. My second one is, can you believe it? I am going with the Los Angeles Chargers. The, the informed team right now after their big win on Thursday Night Football. Everyone's yeah. saying that Anthony Lynn is a genius. No, not really. But. <laughs> but we were talking about this. We're going to come back to this. I know. Yeah, we'll come back to this. We'll come back. We'll get into this in a second. But yeah, I am going with Austin Eckler to score a touchdown the Los Angeles Chargers against the Denver Broncos in this divisional matchup. In the last two games, the Denver Broncos have allowed six rushing touchdowns. Mm. And since Austin Eckler has returned to this LA offense, he has helped their efficiency massively. And I don't think it's any surprise that since he's come back, they have seen a lot more success moving the ball on the ground. And also in terms of just winning games, I think once you can establish a run game that allows Justin Herbert to have more time, they can open up with a play action game. And I think Austin Eckler has been incredibly vital to what these LA Chargers have been able to do over the past couple of weeks. But again, similar to Mike Evans, the one thing that he has been missing is a touchdown. And I expect Mm. against this Denver Broncos team who love to give up touchdowns on the ground, that Austin Austin Eckler will rectify that. He's also incredibly prolific in the receiving game as well. So even if he doesn't manage to get a red zone score or they go to Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson in the red zone, I still expect him to have a very, very good chance of scoring purely based on the fact that Justin Herbin looks to him, whether it be for a run play or a pass play. So I think Austin Eckler has a great chance to score a touchdown. Love that. Two uh, classics from Prop O. Best of luck with those. All right, time for our money line treble of the week, our acca of the week. Three teams straight up. 
Oh, we've got four in a row. Uh, it is a lot of pressure now. It's, this is when, with all this international attention on our pod, on our Acre of the Week, this is when the pres- pressure really starts to count. This is what separates the great from the good. Oh, so you ready? You're set. Yeah, I'm pumped up. Yeah, I'm, oh, <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. It's like I can see you right in the middle of a huddle uh, pre-game, Drew Brees style, just, just hyping up the edge rush team there. With yeah. that kind of, yeah, I'm pumped up. All right. <laughs> uh, first up, Tampa Bay. This is a, a no-brainer. Uh, as you very eloquently describe, it's one of the worst defenses Detroit in the NFL right now. And we are buying into this Tampa Bay Team, despite the fact it's got a lot of detractors, I think offensively, a brilliant second half performance from them against Atlanta, against a decent Atlanta side when they're in a hole. I think that should be a hell of a lot. And yes, I get it is maddening that they are that Jekyll and Hyde, but I've been buying into them for a while. I think the idea of writing off Brady with this amount of weapons around him when he's a new quarterback in a new offense and an offense that uh, has had a very fractious preseason to learn they're only going to get better and better and better i think they're timing it right and they're going to be a dangerous proposition in the playoffs they certainly take easy easy care of the detroit lions so tampa bay up front yeah i have absolutely no idea what detroit lions are going to do with all of those tampa bay buccaneers pieces i think that one is a great shout our second one is and it seems to be a running theme for the edge rush acker we are backing the cleveland browns to beat the new york jets listen to this nat Baker Mayfield has thrown one interception in his last seven games. Who would have thought it? There is a very interesting piece on Baker Mayfield and how Stefanski has got him playing the way he has over on Pro Football Focus. So, you know, even though we're company men and, of course, we big up our ESPN stuff, we look at other news sites as well. And I think that's well worth the read if you have time. Yeah, and the balance on this offense is simply superb. Uh, Defensive line is one of the best in football. The running game is one of the best in football. And although, Nat, this is 2020... Not even this year, not even this year do I see the New York Jets Mm. beating playoff teams in back-to-back weeks. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, it it can't happen. I quite like the line as a result of that as well, actually, that everyone's kind of underplaying the Browns a bit because the Jets Jets won. I I wonder whether they'll go off against them, Cleveland, that is. I mean, if the New York Jets spoil our accumulator record run, then I'll just hold my hands up and just say, yeah, that just sums up 2020 in a nutshell. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Is this our last Acre of the Week? Of the year, I mean, it is, isn't it? Because our next one will be, yeah, we'll be in 2021. So yeah, that, that's going to happen now. You, yeah. You've absolutely locked that in, that the Jets are going to break our run. All right. So I love that uh, for sure. Now, this is the most contentious one of the three, right? But we're looking at this, and let's be honest, we're looking at trying to get value of some kind here with, with a money line treble, right? So kind of pushing it uh, at least over, over evens. Otherwise, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, there's not a huge amount of edge there. And so, and I'm not sure if we are in entire lockstep with this, but, but let's find out. So I like the charges against Denver and I like them for a number of reasons, but simply put, I think the negativity around Anthony Lynn is probably to the most part fair. At the same time, somebody was talking the other day on, and apologies, it was a pod I was listening to, I can't remember, it might have been Lombardi and Adnan Burke on theirs. Either way, made the point and reminded me, this was a playoff side two years ago. Anthony Lynn was a, was a playoff coach two years ago. Now I know he has fundamental shortcomings. It just seems to be a, a, a crazily uh, 
uniform narrative that he's got to go. Now they've got Justin Herbert. Uh, he's got to go. He, he can't possibly move this team forward. I'm not sure I totally believe in that. I wonder whether there is an argument to say continuity, let's give him another year. He, and it's exactly the same principle, I think, with the, the Raiders and everybody immediately forgot that Derek Carr was a, a pro bowl uh, heading in the, certainly in the MVP conversation a few years back before he got injured and the line got injured and then bam. And suddenly a year on cars, terrible and Gruden has a radio and he's out of blah, 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 blah. So I just wonder whether there might, it might be worth in this generation that we're in where everybody's quick to kick somebody to the curb, quick to forget that maybe it, look, if there is a red hot option for a head coach that, that you know, if the enemy right is, is there and, and they can get him, that would be interesting into divisionally. But you know, understood, right? I get it. But if there isn't a particularly sure thing, you know, if they've got the equivalent of a, you know, a, a, yeah, Matt Patricia type, you know, somebody that's bounced around a bit, hasn't had much success elsewhere, it, why I wouldn't make the change. So I just wanted to say that about Anthony Lynn. And I, I guess the broader conversation of continuity in the NFL, I think teams should maybe emphasize that a little bit more than they do. In this game, it just comes down to the Broncos. And I know they've They've tripped us up a few times. There's just no real identity to them offensively. I just can't see them keeping up with, with, with the charges. I, I appreciate the danger and the trap component here, but I just think Herbert and this Chargers offense is going to be far too strong, and I just don't see the Broncos keeping up. Yeah, I think I have to say, Nat, when you first proposed to me that we were going to include the LA Chargers going against the Denver Broncos in our money line treble, I did wonder what you'd been smoking in that pipe of yours. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I my only issue is this does bring me back to flashbacks of when I was so convinced that the Miami Dolphins would beat the Denver Broncos. And obviously they felt them just because everything does make sense when you think about the LA Chargers beating the Denver Broncos here, just purely based off the two runs these teams are on, the balance on offense and defense right now. I mean, the LA Chargers have actually put in some very good performances, I think, although they got torn apart by Marcus Mariota, but I think that was part of the partly due to the fact they had no idea that Marcus Mariota was going to play and they were preparing for a Derek Carr and they got a man who could run mm. on the ground much yep. better than Derek Carr. So I think that plays a part of it. So I think their defense actually put up a really good performance against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, two key interceptions at big times. Yeah. Justin Herbert. And I think this is, comes down to it. I think this game could easily come down to the final possession. I think Denver could easily keep this one quite tight. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to pick between Drew Locke, if Drew Locke's leading the team, needing to make a score to win the game, I don't yeah. back him. Yeah. If Justin Herbert needs to do that, I'm backing him. Yeah, And I think this is what this comes down to at the end of the day, irrespective of Antti Lynn, who I think he has improved in recent weeks. And purely based on the fact that you know I am not a Drew Locke fan, but I am a massive Justin Herbert fan, I yeah. like this call. Good. I'm glad you're on board with that. And look, it's worth pointing out to listeners that we were looking for a bit of value here. As I said, there was probably, they're probably safer plays and you know, you can listen to some of the other things we've talked about and other teams that we've talked about and games we've talked about and maybe, you know, into uh, change the charges with a safer play for slightly less juice, but uh, Bucks Browns charges. It's Christmas. Like it. it's, it's Christmas. Christmas. Roll it's Christmas. the dice. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. Lovely stuff. Propo. Well, season's greetings to you. <laughs> Imagine we work together all this time. Season's greetings, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good Christmas, Nat. Hope you're well. 
yeah hope yeah how are you yeah <laughs> hope you keep hope you're keeping well <laughs> uh listen bud i'll have a fantastic christmas make sure as a, a, an absolute given you're watching muppets christmas carol at least once right and and national mm-hmm. lampoon's christmas vacation that's a that's not even a suggestion it's, a, it's an order if i have time you know the research never sleeps now i'm not going to take christmas Day off am i no of course not it's well, a friday I, when it's you're working Friday on those... going into a week of Sunday games. I'm, how, am I, how can I afford to take that Friday off? Working on those spreadsheets, working on those just piles and piles of data. I think you could have it on in the background. You could have, <laughs> have a bit of fuzzy on in the background. Uh, have a great one. We are back uh, with Iron Mike, of course, to look back at week 16. Iron Mike dropping by for the review show. We've got some great guests lined up coming your way over the next couple of weeks as well. All of your faves, Iron Mike, J-Bell, uh, Ben Isaacs, all coming up over the coming weeks. And if you haven't already, listen to our Week 16 preview pod with Marek Lava. That is out there somewhere in the ether, so make sure you check in on that. Happy Christmas, Prop Over, to all of you out there. Have a good one. We'll see you on the other side. Podcast Network.